We've had a lot of uh, great things happen the last couple of months. Uh, we've been talking about some things with your life. Uh, September has been, it was really good in uh, August as well, getting ourselves ready. Today we want to uh, begin a new series, Extreme Makeover Life Edition. Want to help make over your life. Been working on that some with, with restoration and now more of uh, just, just cleaning up, straightening out. And just talking about uh, Gregory here, you know, he's got his list of priorities and, you know, those aren't real deep priorities. I mean, those are, you know, kind of really surface things. If you think about it, he wants to make the senior tour. And for those of you who don't know, that's, that's uh, you know, 50 and over golfers, you know. It's a, basically, he just got to get his golf game down into the 60s. And if he's a good golfer, I mean, that's, that's probably just a matter of time. Uh, or, or otherwise, it's probably just a hopeless case if he's in, uh, in my situation. Uh, but, and then the other thing is he wants a Harley, but he wants a raise to pay for the Harley. So really, those are one and the same. So all he needs is, he just needs more time on the golf course, you know, get, you know, get his game down in the 60s and consist, consistently, and, and then he needs a raise. And then he's going to be done. So, so what do you do then? I mean, then he, he's, you know, he's got nothing left to, to, to go for. He's got nothing left to, to live for. He's got nothing, I mean, nothing to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I got something to go for. I mean, he hits those two things. He gets his raise, gets his game down in the 60s, gets on the senior tour, and there's nothing left in his life for him to go for. You know what? That's not a priority list. That's a bucket list. You know, things you want to check off and get done. And that's the way a lot of us, we kind of live our lives with a, a bucket list kind of a mentality instead of a priority list. And when we do those things, then there's nothing left to live for. There's not really any fulfillment in those things. I mean, you know, he, he said, I want to make the senior tour. But how many of us really believe he makes a senior tour and he bombs out that he's going to be fulfilled? It's not just that, is it? I mean, there's something more to there. So first thing you need to do is you need to realize the difference between a bucket list and a priority list. And so today we're going to deal with some of those things. We want to help you, uh, we're going to help you today talk a little bit about priorities and what should be your priorities. We want to tear down some priorities that shouldn't be there, maybe a little bit. And let's, let's put priorities in order. And one of, the, one of the tools, one of the best tools that we've got to help you with this is, is we don't want to just preach to you and say, hey, you need to change. We want to help you change. We want to help you put some things in order. And 201 tonight, Essentials 201 tonight. And listen, if you missed 101 last week, come on to 201 tonight because this is going to be very important. It'll be a great follow-up to today's sermon. And then hit 101 next month because it's going to come back around. These are going to repeat. So come on to 201 tonight, especially if you, know, if you need some help with this. And if you came last week, then definitely be there tonight. But even if you missed last week, you can pick up 101 next month, okay? So be here then. But let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to talk a little bit about priorities, okay? Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, God, for... God, I thank you for uh, marriages that you're strengthening, Lord, the, the testimonies that I'm hearing. Thank you for, uh, God, uh, new converts, new people being saved, Lord, and, and coming to know you. Thank you, God, for uh, restoration that's happening in people's lives, people who are, are coming back to you, God, that have been away from you for a while, Lord. I thank you, God, for just the awesomeness of who you are, God, and how you're challenging. And, God, the things that you did at the end of the, serv- the first service this morning, Lord, and, the, uh, God, the words that we heard from several people that testify, God, of how you ministered to them even in that first service. God, I ask you, do it again right now, Lord. We're, we're your people. We're here right now. And I ask you, God, step on our toes if it takes us, God. Kick us in our rear end if it takes it. Whatever it takes, God, for us to put you first in our lives, God, I just pray that you help us do that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen or oh me, right? Okay, just go ahead and get ready. Say either amen or oh me today. I want you to say that a lot, but say one or the other, okay? Just get ready to say that. So how many of you have seen 
Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You know, the one with Ty. Okay, uh, half of you have, the other half of you either haven't or you just, uh, just don't want to tell us that you have or whatever. But uh, so, you know where the, the best place to begin is? At the beginning, right. Thank you. Somebody's on, on, on a par with me here today. Is at the beginning. So let's begin at the beginning. You know, the first thing they do with them when they, when they start the, the series, the episode, the first thing they do with the family, you know what the first thing they do with the family is? Roll the tape. We'll, sh- we'll show you what they do with the, with the family. First thing. So anything you guys want to say before we kick this thing off? We'd just like to say thank you so much for being an inspiration to our community. And we're just looking forward to doing this for you, so thank you. We are a family-owned company, and the Longs are a family-owned. We've got two mothers standing right here, the mother of John A. Long and the mother of Arthur Molly as well. We know what it's like to be a family. What you've done inspired us. We're going to put you in a home. And you're going to be proud and you're going to love and you're going to raise these kids as a mother should raise her kids. And you're going to fill it with love. We're just so grateful. You guys just don't understand what this means to us. You're changing our lives. So do you guys want to know where you're going on vacation? Yeah! <laughs> you guys are going to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin So the first thing they do is they send them off on a vacation, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. So uh, like I said in the first service, y'all want to nominate me? I don't really need the new house, but I'll take the free vacation to uh, the Virgin Islands. That's, that's pretty awesome. Now, why do they do this? Why do they send them out, out of the town or out, even you know, out of the country, really? Why do they send them on a vacation like this? They've got to get them out of the way for several reasons. One of the things is that they just need to get them out of the way. There they are on their, their vacation. It's awesome. That's wonderful. They, they just need to get them out of the way. Because can't you imagine, you know, you look at, look here, I don't know if you, you notice what this family, this is kind of a blended family on this particular episode, but you see this family, four females. Imagine if they were trying to decorate a home with four females, and they got to get this done in a hurry, you know, they, this is, they're on a, a short time frame, and they have four, they would be painting every wall five times, you know, before they got it all, you know, changing the colors. Dave and I, we put a contract on the house that's being built one time, and uh, even, no walls had gone up yet. And we moved one wall four times, you know, in the plans. We just kept saying, no, slide it over here. Slide it. I, and that was my fault. That wasn't a female thing. I, was my, I, I just, I don't, like, I don't like halls. Halls are wasting space to me. So I was trying to figure out how to get the most space out of the, and, you know, I think the contractor probably hated to see our car drive up because he thought, oh, man, we're moving the wall again. We ain't even put it up yet. But it, and that's the way we would be, okay? So we need to get them out of the way. That's what they had to do. They had to get them out of the way. Second thing, second reason they send them on a vacation is, how many of you have a pack rat in your house, in your home? Anybody in your family a pack rat? Y'all got pack rats? Yeah, we got them in our Listen, I thought about this this week. Went down in our basement, and I dug something out that uh, our son, I don't know, when he was 14 years or so old, I don't remember exactly how old, we were pastoring, actually we were pastoring Jamie's home church, and uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly when he did, exactly how old he was, but probably 14, 15, 16, maybe 17 years old. Uh, he and one of his friends were just kind of sitting around one day, way too much time on their hands, you know, uh, probably needed to have a good job or something, you know, but they found one of these cans of uh, spray foam insulation, you all know the stuff, you know, it, you know, it comes out into a foam like this, and I don't know why, but they decided to cover their shoes in it, <laughs> and they just sprayed and covered their shoes in it. Now, this isn't the real story, all right? It's not the story that they, you know, they, they had too much time on their hands. You know, I'm, I, I don't remember. It's probably uh, 98, 99, something like that is when they did this. Uh, 
We still have these shoes. They are, they are in a, they're in a tub, you know, they're, 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 they're not in a bag, they're in a tub, you know, one of those things that you put, you know, keepsakes in, I think this one probably, this tub actually probably has keepsakes written on it, you know, and it's in this tub. Now, since we pastored that church, we have lived in Chicago as the, the regional directors for the Great Lakes region, the regional directors of youth and Christian education. We moved back here because of family illness, and we pastored a church here for a short time. And we moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. We were state youth and Christian education directors there, then state and, Christian, state and youth and Christian education directors in Texas, and then moved back here to our, our family home of Birmingham. And these things have followed us all this time. And I told my wife this week, I told Dave, I said, you know, I think I'm going to use those shoes. And she said, well, you need to ask Brent. She was worried Brent would be embarrassed. But for those of you who know Brent, I don't think there's anything that would embarrass him. But just in case it would, he was at Catalyst this week, so I couldn't call him. So I texted him, and I said, Brent, can I use your foam-covered shoes as an example of things that we don't like to throw away? And he replied later that night. He replied when he got back into the hotel room, I guess. He replied to me and told me, told me yeah, if you can find them. And here's the kicker. He said, yeah, if you can find them, but don't throw them away. And so I guess these will go with us for a little while longer. I don't know. So, and the third reason. The third reason they need to send them on vacation is right here. It's that awesome moment at the end. Opening that book, so a brand new book being opened. So the third reason is for that awesome moment of a new beginning. So we're going to back up now. We're going to use those three thoughts as our outline this morning uh, for priorities. Okay, we're going to look at those three things. Just before we do, I want us to go to some scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 22. And this is where Jesus is asked about, you know, what, what's the greatest uh, commandment. And here he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You've heard this quite a bit in the last few weeks or months. You've heard this from me. And here's what Christ is saying. He is saying that the law and the prophets basically hang on these two. Here's kind of what he's saying. He said, if you'll get these two, you'll get the rest of it. 
If you, you make God first, you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you love your neighbors yourself, he said, you'll get the rest of it. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, you know, if you can't find a Bible to read, you remember these two things and you just get with God. That's what he's telling us. And, and the, the bad news here, the bad news is the guy that asked the question is he thought he had done so good all of his life. He'd served God. He had chased after God. Now, this was before the church, so he was doing it in the temple. But he had chased after God. He had studied. He knew the law. He knew the prophets. He knew what the, he could quote every one of the Ten Commandments. Yet Christ said, even though you've done all of this, you still don't have your priorities in order. Wouldn't that be a, a bad word here from God? Is all of this work that I've done, all of the Sunday school classes I've taught, all the, 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 the diapers that I've changed keeping the nursery, all of the songs that I've sung on stage, the lessons I've taught, the sermons I've preached, the people I've visited, yet I still didn't have my priorities right, and I'm still missing it with God. Let's make sure we don't do that today. Would you, would you accept this challenge today? I challenge you. Get your priorities in order as a Christian. So let's talk about what those are, the three things. What's the first thing? What's the first thing? What was the first reason they needed to go on vacation? You need to get out of God's way. That's the first thing. You need to get out of God's way. You're in God's way. You, know how, you don't know how many times you get in God's way of doing something awesome for your life. I thought this week, I, you know, I was praying and seeking, God, God, what, what, and, and he, he shared this with me. It reminded me of a story of a man who really had everything. He had everything right there in front of him. God, God spoke to his parents before, his, before he was uh, even formed in his mother's womb. He said, here's what's going to happen, da 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 i lay all this out before you. I'm going to use him to be a hero for Israel, this man's name was Samson. And Samson constantly got in God's way. The very first thing, and I'm not talking about what we know about Samson before he was born, but the very first thing we learn about Samson himself, not about his mom and his dad, about the angel telling him what was going to happen, not about the direction God gave. The very first thing we learn about Samson is he wanted to date and marry a girl that was outside of God's will. And his dad said, no, wait a minute, Samson, you know this isn't God's will. This, and you know what? Samson didn't care. Now, God, decided, God said, I'm, I'm going to use this anyway. But it wasn't God's will. And so and it's not, not necessarily so much about dating or, or marrying somebody outside of God's will. But it's this, it's this matter is that he knew he was doing something outside of God's will, and he did it anyway. That's the first thing we learn about this guy. And I just got to tell you this, you know, uh, God wants you to raise heroes as children, like Manoah and his wife did. He wants you to raise, like Samson, he wants you to raise heroes. But you can't raise heroes if you're married to a hoodlum. So you need to be listening to God and say, God, show me the way that I need to be going. You know what? I didn't get much of an amen right there. I mean, that must mean I need to back up and preach that a little while. Is that because you're sitting by a hoodlum and you're thinking about marrying, you know? You, you need, you, if you want to raise heroes, then you need to marry a hero that will help you raise heroes in the wisdom of God. And, and, and Samson, the second thing we find out about him is, is when they, they actually start having the, the party right before the marriage. And when they have the party, you know, he's right there. Now, now he has the, this opportunity that God has given him to live this awesome dream life. I mean, God uses him. He, I mean, single-handedly, he defeats the enemy, the Philistines, time and time again. I mean, he whips dozens. He whips scores of them all at one time, all by himself because of the power and strength of God that God has given to him. And so he has this opportunity to live the dream life, 
and to, and to even be an inspiration to others to live the dream that God has for you. But you know what he'd rather do? We find in the, in the party right before he's getting married, you know what he'd rather do? He'd rather be the life of the party. He'd rather be the comic. He'd rather be the joker. He'd rather be the one that says, hey, I got a riddle. Nobody can. He'd rather fit in. And I, I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's happened to me. God give me an awesome opportunity to inspire somebody's life. But instead of taking that opportunity to inspire them to be all they can be, man, I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to be everybody's buddy. I didn't, want, I didn't want to make anybody mad. I wanted everybody to like me. So I wanted to tell a story or a joke or something. I wanted to make everybody laugh. I wanted to be the life of the party. And that's where Samson was. He was more interested in being the life of the party than he was in inspiring others to live the dream God had for them. And thirdly, probably the, the, the most uh, popular, the most well-known story of Samson's life is the one about Delilah. You know, Delilah? And that one, I'll wrap this up real quick right here is he'd rather be a playboy than be God's man. And while he thought, here's the, here's the bad part about it though, is while he thought he was playing with Delilah, the player got played. And he ended up blind. He ended up captive by the enemy. Oh, think about that. He ended up serving the enemy. He ended up working for the enemy. He ended up working for the enemy that God created him to defeat. How often we do too. How often we find ourselves serving the very enemy of flesh and sin that God created us to defeat. God, we need you to help us today. This is where Samson was. And, so, and, and Samson didn't realize, because we can look at it now, can't we? I mean, we can go back in the scripture and we can look and see what God was trying to do. And Samson kept messing it up. Because Samson had his own priority list. Want to be a playboy. Want to be a comic. Want to be the life of the party. Want to do my thing. Don't care what God's thing is. That was his priority list. And so every time God started, you could see it. God would start setting the, the pieces of, of the chess puzzle, the chess, uh, chess game in, in place, you know, putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. He'd start putting all that together just right. And then Samson would say, oh, wow, look at this. And here's me, an opportunity to get my Harley. Amen or oh me? Is that a good amen or oh me place? Here, you know, God starts fixing it all and starts laying it out so he can bring a, a great dream into your life. And then all of a sudden you jump on it and say, oh man, here, here's the opportunity I get to spend more time on the golf course and get my score down so I can get into the senior tour. In the same way we do that, we've got our priority list and God starts setting all this stuff up so that he can do a great thing. But because our mind is so focused on our priority list, we don't realize God's got a greater list, a greater thing to do in us. He wants to make you a hero, not just a, a player on the senior tour. He wants to make you a hero, not just a hog rider, you know. I mean, he wants, to, he wants to make you a hero. And we can't do that because we've got our own priority list. So we need to get out of God's way. You need to get, you need to get out of God's way, sir, ma'am, young ma'am, young sir. Get out of God's way. Take your priority list, slide it aside, and get out of his way. Second thing is what? You need to let go of some stuff. You got some stuff, don't you? you? Got some stuff from yesterday. Some of you got some stuff like this, some ugly stuff <laughs> that you have created in your own life. Last week preached about some very serious things, didn't we? Remember? And you know what? Probably half or more of the people in this church felt a slap across the face because of the things we preached about last week because you've got some of that in your past. But you know what? Listen to me. It's in your past. 
If you've asked God to forgive you, if you've repented of that, if you say, God, I'm messed up, I'm a sinner, I, and you've, you've put all that and allowed him to put that under the blood, you need to forget it and go on. When preaching last week about past sin, I was preaching last week about tomorrow. Let's keep it all under the blood and let's keep going for tomorrow. It's like, let's, let's put all this stuff behind us and let's quit worrying about this. And some of you, some of you, somebody here needs to get this. And I started bringing the scripture. I'll probably, I'll probably post this blog or tweet or something this week about this. You need to catch it. Some of you need to go to the story of the prodigal son and see what God's answer is. Because, because when the prodigal son went away, and remember, Christ was telling this story, and it was an illustration of how God handles us when we are repentant and we turn back to him. And you need to look and see what the response was of the father. When the, when the prodigal son came back home and he said, Dad, I've messed up, and da-da-da-da-da, I don't, don't deserve to be your son anymore. You need to look at the response of the father. And I'm not going to give it to you right now. You need to do that. Some of you need, some of you are saying, well, I need to hear that. Tell me. But no, you need to check that out yourself this week. And you need to see what the response of the Father was because what Christ was telling us is this is the exact same response that we get when we go to God and say, God, I've messed up, please forgive me. But some of you are still living with the guilt, the condemnation of something from your past. But if it's under the blood, if you've repented, if you've asked God to forgive you of that, you need to forget it. But you know what the devil wants? The devil wants you to come in here and every time you come into this house, Every time you think about maybe raising your hands or raising your voice and singing to him, he wants you to feel a guilt and a condemnation over something you did a long time ago that you've already asked God to forgive. He wants you to feel that so that you can't willingly lift up God in praise. You need to get over that and let God forgive you of what that is and start going on. And then you can really praise him and say, thank God who allows me, me, to praise him even though all of that past stuff that is there. And you need to get rid of some of, that, some of that past stuff that you've messed up. And you need to get rid of some stuff that other people have brought in your life. Maybe you didn't create some of this ugliness. But that ugliness that's in you, you, you need to let go of some of that stuff. You need to put it aside and say, look, this, this, this is no longer mine. And you know what I thought? Some of you need to go, go to your basement, go to your attic or somewhere, and you need to find one of these things. One of these things that really don't matter, but you're hanging on to it anyway. And you're going to find yourself a place to pray. And you need to take this thing with you and say, God, I'm letting go of this today. I've put this under the blood. I've given it to you. It, whether it's my mistake or somebody else did something in my past to me and hurt me. And, and I've, got, I've got scars here today. I'm getting ready. And you need to take some. Just like the symbolism of, of baptism is death and resurrection, the new life in Jesus Christ. You need to find you a symbol of something you've held on to. You know, something that really don't matter. Something you've held on to in your past. You need to go to prayer somewhere and say, God, today this ends. I am over this today. I will never hurt again over what somebody did to me 20 years ago that no longer matters. God, I'm giving it to you, and you forgive them, God, and I'm forgiving them, and throw that thing away and say, I'm done with it today. You need to get over that. And, you know, one of the biggest things you need to do is you need to, you also need to let go of the things that cause that. The habits. If you, you got some habits that cause that in your past, or you got some relationships, you need to let go of some of those things. There's some of those things you can't be a part of anymore. I mean, if you're an alcoholic, come on. You, you know, you, you, alcoholics don't go spend time at the bars. Not if they're wanting to recover. If you're wanting a new life, you gotta, if you're wanting to take advantage of what God has given to you, then you don't do those kinds of things. You've got to get rid of some stuff in your life. And the things that cause it, relationships that have caused that in your past, relationships that open doors to things that you don't need the doors open to, 
Relationships that have hurt you in the past, those are things. I mean, if, you're, if your boyfriend's beating you, by all means, make him your ex-boyfriend before the day is over. I mean, you don't need him to be your husband. You don't need him to be the father of your children. Would somebody help me here and say amen or oh me? Come on. You need to get rid of the stuff that is causing the bad stuff in your life as well as just getting rid of the bad stuff. Amen? And one of those things is what? Your old priority list. Because that's the thing that's getting in God's way more than anything else. You need to get rid of your old priority list. The third thing was what? The third reason was that awesome wow moment. That was the reason they got him out of town, right? The reason. You know, they could have put him, put him in you know, lawn chairs, set him out in the street and let them watch the destruction of the house and the building. They do it. You know, Strap them down with duct tape, duct tape over their mouth so they couldn't say anything and just let them watch. They could have done that, right? But it wouldn't have been as exciting. I know some of you say, well, they just did that for TV. It's not just for TV. Because, you know, if they'd have seen this gradually happening, they would have just kind of flowed into it, you know. They needed, let me tell you, if you've ever watched it, watch it sometimes. These families need that wow moment of boom, everything's new today. Yesterday is gone. This is a new house. Can't you just see it? I mean, the, the mom and those three girls, they walk up to the steps of this new house, you know. I mean, man, this is, a, and, and they walk up steps, what does mom do? She said, wipe your feet, wipe your feet. I, I imagine the littlest girl looking up and saying, we ain't never wiped our feet. You ain't never lived in this house. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, thank you. I believe that was good. You ain't never lived in this house. Some things are going to be different now. You know that old house, when you left your clothes laying all over your bedroom floor, it looked better because of, the, uh, because of the stains and the holes in the carpet. But we in a different house today. This house doesn't look better with all your junk laying around it. This house doesn't look better with your past. This house doesn't look better with the dirt that you've been picking up out there walking around in the sin of this world. This house looks a lot better when we keep our feet clean and we keep ourselves picked up and we keep, our, we keep those things kind of happening and everything all, all right. Some things have got to change. So we need a new priority list. And you know what number one is on the Christian's priority list? What? God. God. Okay, everybody can write that one down. Write God. That's number one. That is number one in your priority list. And you know what, you know what that means? That means your relationship with God. That means, that means the time you spend with him in prayer. And you don't do those little, sometimes I call them five and dime prayers. You know, just got, that's all I got. I got about five, ten seconds. God, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. See you in the morning. We'll talk about it tomorrow, God. You got anything important to tell me? I'll try to catch you tomorrow. Uh, if you treated your relationship with your spouse like that, you wouldn't have much of a relationship. Amen? It is about your studying who he is, going into his word. I know some people say, well, I just don't like reading his word. Well, you don't love him then. I, 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 I don't mean to be mean-spirited about this, but let me tell you something. You, know, you remember when you were dating, some of you who were married, and some of you who are trying to date right now? I mean, you find somebody that you really like and you want to build a relationship with them and you want to ask them out or you want them to ask you out. What do you do? You study them. You try to figure out who they are, what they like, don't you? So you can start building some relationship. That's what you would... And and as soon as you got married, you quit trying to study them. I guarantee you, your relationship has gone downhill immediately after you stopped studying them. How do we study God? How do we learn who He is? That's why He left His Word for us. 
He said, I'm going to tell you who I am. It's here in, the, in, it's here in the, my word. I want to tell you what my nature is. It's here in my word. I want, to, I want you to know how I, what makes me tick. I want you to know what, what, what makes me excited, what makes me joyful, what, what makes my day. God says, I want you to know about me. And here it is. It's right here in my word. So all of these things, studying his word and praying, that's about your relationship. But it's also about knowing what it is that he has called you to do. It's about hearing his voice, knowing what he's called you to do, and who, who he dreamed that you would be when he was forming you in your mother's womb. So who did he dream you would be? It's about knowing that, but it's also about obeying that. Once you know what that is, it's about obeying it. It's one thing to know. Samson knew. Samson knew. Now Gregory, he didn't even know. But Samson knew. But just knowing, didn't, what, what happened with Samson? I mean, knowing, that really got him in a mess. Because he played with God a little bit. No, just knowing and not being obedient is going to get you in a mess. If you know what God has is, is created you to do and to be, and you're not doing it, that's going to put you in a bigger mess than the person out there who's just drunk every Saturday night. You need to know, and then you need to be obedient. That is your number one priority. Does anybody know what number two is? Anybody? Let me be honest. I'll just be honest with you. I won't, I won't embarrass anyone, okay? I've got a list. I've got six Six priority lists I was going to bring to you is the Christian's priority list. I like to help people understand. I like, I like dads to quit putting golf in front of their family. You know, so I like to give you a list and say, look, this is what's important. But God challenged me. He checked me. This is the first time I've ever done this. God told me, told me this week, I got, I, I got to tell you something different than that. I, I, I really want to help you. I want to help you structure your whole life. You know what? We can help you some with that in 201, 301, 401. In the growth track. But here's what God has to say to us today. This is the Christian's priority list. There is no number two. You know, wait a minute, isn't that what Christ was saying? He's saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And all the prophet and the laws, along with that one about loving your neighbor, hangs on that. That if you get this one right, you'll get the rest of it. You know what David said? David said in the Psalms, one thing I ask. One thing. Somebody say one thing. How many things have you asked God for? One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And to seek Him in His holy temple. My goodness, isn't that a wonderful thing to do? And I know some of you say, yeah, that's some of them people that's too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. All they want to do is be in the temple of God all the time. Yeah, they just want to worship God. Da, da, da. No, let me tell you something. This is David that wrote that. David didn't live in the temple. He said, that's what I want, though. I want to be in your presence. He wasn't just talking about the physical temple, was he? He was talking about a spiritual life. He said, this is what I want. This is what I want. I want to, and, 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 you know, if you'll get that, you know, if, there's some weirdos, you know, who just, they just really do just want to be, oh, you know, like that, you know, just, they just want to have those kumbaya moments just 24-7, you know, all week long, everything. I mean, it's just, just wonderful, and that's all it is. But they're not getting God either. If you really get a hold of God, you know what he's going to do? He's going to send you out the door to touch somebody else's life. If you really get a hold of God, he's going to make you a better dad. He's going to make you a better wife. He's going to make you a better spouse. He's going to make you a better child, a, a better child for your parents. He's going to make you a better coworker. He's going to make you a better employee or employer, whichever it is you are. He's going to make you, if you really get that thing, and this is what David says, I just want this. And you know what? He goes on. Look at these next two verses. It says, for in the day of trouble, God 
will keep me safe in his dwelling. This is what's good. If I make him my dwelling place, he will keep me in, safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. The, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. What he's saying is when I get surrounded by my enemies, he, when he, this, what he's saying here is he said, I will be exalted or I will overcome them. I'll overcome my enemies. Why? If we go back to that thing. He said, uh, at his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and I will make music to the Lord. How? If I have one priority and that is God in my life. Just one thing. So well, that's Old Testament. Okay, I'll give you the New Testament. You've heard this one from me quite a bit too. This is where, in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Jesus is speaking, seek first the kingdom of his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All these things, all these other things will be taken care of. If you seek first, sounds like talking about priorities, right? If you seek first, talking about the most important thing in your life as a Christian, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, what are we talking about there? His kingdom, what he wants, what he's decided, his, his glory, his joy, and his righteousness, what he's called me to do, and me be, being obedient to that. If I seek first it, then all these things will be added to me. What are all those things? I, I, I shared this with you some time ago, and I haven't shared it in a long time. It's a good time today to share this. You need to hear this again. This is the perfect time right here. Back up and let's look at them. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking again. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. See, that, that's, that's priority, what, four, five, or six, you know, maybe somewhere down the line. What you're going to eat or drink. Now, I know some of you, that's, that's number two. And the closer we get to 12 o'clock, well, let's see, it's 12.01. Uh, that just became number one for some of you. <laughs> what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. And some of you, that's number one and two and three and four. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns. But your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor, they don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Because the pagans run after those things. Your heavenly Father already knows you need them. The pagans. The pagans have a priority list. And they want all these things. The unchurched. Those who don't know Jesus Christ. Those who aren't Christians, who don't say that God is supposed to be number one. They chase after all those things. But your Father already knows you need them. So he says, quit worrying about him. And in the next verse he says, seek me. Make me priority. Because if you make me priority, then all these other things will be added to you. We're supposed to have one priority. And it's not a priority list. It is a priority. It's just our priority. We don't have a list. As a Christians, we don't have a list. It's just a priority. I hate to sound like I'm just amen in myself. But after church this morning, when people were saying, hey, Pastor, I'm struggling with so-and-so, you know, you know what the answer was? Remember what I just preached? You're seeking for answers? Make him priority. You'll find your answers. Your answers aren't going to be found like Samson looked for his. And your answers aren't going to be found 
in a bucket list like Gregory had. Your answer is going to be found by making him priority. And here's where we stand today. This thing we've got to do is we've got to embrace this awesome moment of the new beginning. Now, some of you, you've been a Christian for so long, you don't even remember the day. 10, 20, 30, maybe 40 years ago for some of you, you've been a Christian. Some of you, you can measure your Christian life in terms of weeks. Whichever it is, weeks or months or years, whatever it is, you need to look back and say, God, help me see. You need to embrace that moment. You need to embrace that moment today. And say, you need, you need to, I know there, there's, there's some churches out there that will tell you, you know, you don't really get saved one day. You just start getting better and better and closer to God and closer to God. No! God's like, Ty, he knows you needed that new beginning, that awesome moment where you said, God, I'm a dirty old sinner and I need you to clean me up and give me a new life. And water baptism is the symbol of our new life in Christ and how it begins. You know, and if it begins over a period of time, we'd have drowned some people a couple of weeks ago as we held them down. So, okay, now this is a slow process. Come on. It is about death and resurrection. And you need to embrace that God destroyed my whole life. The one that was tearing me apart. The one that was keeping me bogged down. The one that was eating at me. The one that kept me awake at night. The one that robbed me of every single thing of peace and safety and joy and blessing in my life. That kept ripping it away from me. God destroyed that old life and he's given me this new life. You need to stand in the street and let God one more time move the bus and and look again and, and see this big beautiful picture of this new life that God has given you. And say, thank God he's given me a new life. Embrace that moment. Ask God to remind you of that moment. Because it's been so long since we enjoyed that moment. So thank you, God, that that old has passed away and the new is here today. My new new life. And now what's the thing you got to do? You got to keep it clean. Just like the mom said, wipe your feet, pick up your clothes. You've been given a new life. You've been given an awesome new life. And whether it was 40 years ago or four weeks ago, you need to embrace that moment and say, I've got a new beginning. All the pain, all the trouble, all the struggle, all the bad, all the negative, it's in the past. It was destroyed. I watched it on the screen. They they demolished my home. But that wasn't the end. It was the beginning. Stand with me, if you will. Would you come to the front? Let's close this thing around the front. With a final song and a prayer. Come on. Please join me. Step on in, if you will. We got, if you come down the middle, especially spread out a little bit, because we got people still trying to get in from the center aisle and Just before we go to prayer, let me just, just uh, never, uh, to me, there's not a good time to make announcements in service, so I'm gonna do it right, I just want to do this right here. Uh, this was on purpose at this time. Is, uh, this, has been a, this has been a road. This has been a journey. This has not been a, uh, a moment. This is something that has happened over, over, over a year. But today, we're announcing officially that we have added a member to our staff right out of our congregation. New member of our staff is a Britton Krill, his prayer pastor, Church 2911, beginning today. 
And this, this, is, this has been a process. He and, I've, I don't know, he and I have talked more than any staff member I've ever hired. He and I have talked because, I mean, we've been in a process of figuring out where we're both going in ministry and following, following God. And I tell you that because I want you to have confidence. I want you, I want you to understand. You know, I want you to have confidence in all of our staff members. If you got teenagers, I want you to have confidence in JC and Jamie. When you come in to worship, I want you to have confidence in Jamie. You got kids, I want you to have confidence in Kristen and her staff down there. I want you to have confidence in them. And when Jamie, you know, don't tune her out at the end of the, you know, the end of the prayer time. When she says, hey, we've got prayer team members are trained, ready to pray for you. Don't tune her out. Listen. Now, this moment right now is going to be a one-on-one. I mean, this is, not a, this is not even a family thing. Hey, let's get together as a family and let's commit ourselves to God. Make him, no, this is a one-on-one. This is about my life. Individual. But even in that, if you, need, if you just need to come and say, hey, pray, come, come get a hold of Britton Haley. Say, help me pray about this. Because you got some stuff you can't get, get rid of, come down and let the prayer team help you pray with this stuff. Get rid of it. Throw it away. Be, be gone. But in those times where we, like these services, where we have a one-on-one moment at the end. When we're done with that one-on-one moment, man, if you're sick in body, come down and say, hey, pray for me. I am sick. If your marriage is falling apart, come down here. Say, hey, pray for me. I want you to have that confidence in them, to believe that, and pray for them. That's why I wanted to announce this. I want you to understand that they're going to be doing more than just that, but that's going to be their number one focus. But here we are. Here we are, one-on-one moment, okay? You and God. And we, ha- we need to begin at the beginning. And the beginning is God has to be number one. And some of you need to tear up. Man, you need to even tear up all the way down to the foundation. Some of you built your, your spirituality, your Christian walk, your relationship, that we call it. You built it on something else. And it's not on a relationship with God. We need to dig all the way down to that right now. Would you bow with me, close your eyes right now, and just say, God, come on, talk to him. Just talk to him out of God. We've let a lot of things get in our way of you. In the, in the four weeks or 40 years that I've been serving you, God, I've let a lot of things get in the way. But God, today, I want you to help me just get them out of the way again. God, I want to quit walking into my new home and my new life with you with dirty feet. I want to quit throwing my stuff around. I want to get rid of everything from yesterday. God, I want you to be number one. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing till you finish praying. God, I ask you today. God, help me make you. I, I make you number one again, God. You are priority. You're not top of my priority.